0: Hello, and welcome to AMM Conversation, the official podcast of the Association of Medical Media. I'm your host, Jason Karras. In this final episode of season two, we have medical media veterans discussing how they're coping, adapting, and excelling during the COVID-19 pandemic. Guests on the show today include Eugene Lee and Jim Woodland from CMI Compass, as well as Seema Sherman, founder and president of Sherman Medical Marketing Group. Eugene Lee is Chief Operating Officer at CMI Compass, where he's responsible for the global operations of media business leadership, media planning, and media strategy disciplines across all clients. Eugene's been with CMI Compass for more than 25 years. He's a frequent speaker and contributor to industry publications, and he's been recognized as an innovator with the Pharma Voice 100 Award. He's also an AMM board member. Also joining us from CMI is Jim Woodland, who serves as chief strategy and financial officer. Jim has been the brains behind some of CMI Compass's most successful commercial and pricing models. He's been named to the Pharma Voice 100 and is a 2020 Philadelphia Business Journal CFO of the Year Award honoree. Thanks for joining me, Eugene and Jim. Now let's start the conversation. Pharma's been a little bit insulated from the economic downturn, fortunately. Where are you guys seeing... Uh, in terms of uh, budgets um, here during this, uh, sort of our new normal in medical media?
1: I can actually jump in first. This is Eugene. Um, uh, I will say that from a budget point of view, that in itself has seen a change. Um, I think at the early stages of the pandemic um, was when we saw clients uh, being mindful of what messages were being sent out, uh, and as a result, uh, felt like it might be wise to trim back um, and actually and reduce their spend. Um, I think also from everyone's running a business too, so as a result of when they're seeing a, how are we going to figure that out, this, figure out this new normal, um, that we might want to hold back on spending anything at that moment in time. So that that happened, I think, a lot early on. Um, uh, most in like the March timeframe was when we saw that activity. Um, right now, I would say that. A lot of people are figuring things out. A lot of, figure, a lot of people, are, a lot of clients and companies are figuring things out. Um, budgets are, are 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 flattening, or like they're like staying steady. Not, not flattening, but staying steady. Uh, so the the and returning back to where some plans were were set at before. Um, so I would not. I would say that the the impact of a reduction in budget really has kind of come and gone um since the initiation of kind of lockdowns and pandemic uh, environments or that would that happen um and then in terms of like specialties um and this i say this i'll say is a pretty general theme across how clients have been responding uh to this pandemic is they're they're wanting to be as mindful as they can around the environments that their audiences are going through so in the in the hcp environment early on in the pandemic hey healthcare professionals focus on taking care of Patients that are getting sick with the pandemic. Not, not the right time to be sending messages reminding around my brand or my product. It's, it's not the right time to do that. Um, and then for the patient too, um, that you know, if, you, if you are suffering from a non-life-threatening condition, maybe not the time to be sending out messages at that time either too. Um, so in terms of like what audiences and what specialties were affected, um, those that were on the front lines really a lot of media activity closed down on that. And even to this day, I think we're still being very careful around the messages that we send and how much money we're putting towards uh, those audiences that uh, are on the front lines for us.
2: The only other thing I would add to that, um, and again, we saw this at the beginning, um, and I guess you could say it's continuing, is with reps not able to get into offices, um, clients have had to supplement with alternative ways of communicating and all of the different facets and, and considerations that Eugene just mentioned, um, but not having a, a you know, a, a personal sales force to, uh, to carry any of that weight. And so that's had impacts on budgets to the extent that, um, you know, they're having to supplement more than they normally would have um, in the absence of having a big, you know, uh, active sales force that's getting out there in person.
1: The other other dynamic that's happening is tied to what Jim mentioned around the reps being affected Um, and that is the client interest in targetability. Um, Really making sure you know who you are sending a message to Um, a a broad reaching kind of approach albeit still cost effective um, really is some can be dangerous in this environment where you're not you're not exactly sure who you're sending a message to. and especially if, you, especially if you tailor one specifically for an audience and you're wrong in that, um, it's, it, can, it can land poorly. So a lot of our clients now are really um, pushing us to assure that we're targeting the right audiences. And we happen to be really good at doing that. So it's good for us, but um, the interest from the client side is, is high on, on the targetability and being mindful
0: about who you're targeting. Is that basically a concern of being tone deaf during a crisis? It, absolutely, during... it
1: absolutely started that way, for sure.
0: Um, being very
1: careful around taste and tone or tone deaf or sensitive uh, around messages, for sure. Um, where I think it's evolving, too, is like kind of Jim mentioned, different areas of the country are affected differently. Different companies are, are, are deploying reps in different ways. So... Being able to use your non-personal channels in a way that tailors to those dynamics is what our clients are asking for. You know, um, a a, a level of activity in New York City is different than Montana. Um, So you can't just send the same plan, the same level of message, the same dynamics to New York as you can Montana. It has to be different. Um, has to take into consideration the dynamics of what's happening in those different areas of the country um, and what doctors are facing, what patients are facing in those areas of the country. Um, So being able to target in that way is just more effective than just a broad, covering, homogeneous approach um, of a a media plan.
0: Jim, how has the pandemic, work from home, lack of travel, and face-to-face opportunities impacted your interactions and strategizing with your clients? All
2: right. uh, Well, I'll start with, I think the the craziest thing about this entire situation is, unlike many other uh, scenarios that that can really impact a business, literally every business is facing the exact same situation. And so the amount of um, acceptance and understanding that I think employees, suppliers, clients, I think we're all in the same boat. And so, when you're in, on an important client call and you've got kids that are running through your your your, uh, your Zoom call or your phone's ringing, your do- doorbell goes off, or well, you know all these distractions that are happening that I think used to be um, taboo when when working remotely before have become like oh that's so cute tell tell little Joey I say hello now it's it's completely changed and and so. That level of acceptance I think has changed and and so we've been able to ha- still have lots of uh, uh, important client calls and meetings and and even pitches that have gone off really well um, it does require more planning and and thought but I think people have kind of figured out the um, the logistics of the technology there's a lot less um, spending the first fifteen minutes of a call figuring out how to unmute people and and that it's almost like it's forced people to, to to learn how to use this technology, and it's it's just gotten better in general. So it's uh, I, I feel like we've we've gotten past a lot of those bad logistics.
0: With uh, medical meetings canceled, elective surgeries and oncology procedures postponed or scaled back, how are pharma brands changing promotions and you know detail reps on Zoom? Sam- how are they doing sampling? posters at virtual congresses, now turning to social media. How are things changing in those areas? Yeah, I think we can probably
1: answer best when it comes to the medical meeting component, Um, probably less so from the surgeries or oncology procedures. Um, But from from the medical meeting point of view, a lot of it is going to now obviously switch to a digital platform and format um depending upon when this question was asked i think we the industry learned <laughs> learned a lot when it came to um the asco meeting that just took place um it was probably one of the it it is one of the biggest meetings out there um and was forced into a digital only platform um and an environment where it could it could only be accomplished in a in a, in a digital way so i'll say that um, how we've been planning on that is just to continue to leverage our digital savvy and our digital approach and getting clients to understand that some of the things that you used to do and the value of having a medical meeting now have to shift to other things. So um, I think ASCO is, is, is the one that's kind of setting the, the stage a lot for the industry. And then there uh, future meetings will also continue to do that and probably will morph even further as that, as those continue to go on. Um, but one like interesting thing for us, a medical meeting was typically only defined in a short period of time, certain day through a certain day, and that's when it took place. And in order to attend that or gain the benefit of that, you had to physically be there and only during that time frame, right? Um, when you look at the, the the digital version of that, you actually can leverage it as an advantage of like, okay, I can actually now change the time frame. I can actually morph time to allow more people to consume that, or more people to engage in that, more people to interact, albeit not live or not instantaneous, Um, but I can now actually expand my coverage or I can expand the timeframe once it's available. And ASCO is exactly doing that. Um, So they're actually gonna allow that content to be available, I think through till, I wanna say November, like almost till the end of the year now. So before it was only in June, in order to go to you had to go then. Now they're gonna be able to cover people for almost a half of a year uh, um, and have that content, have that value be derived, again, albeit different value, but value nonetheless, value derived uh, in a different form. So um, yeah, I think the answer to your question is yes, things are changing, but I think the leveraging of the, th- of the platforms and the technologies you have, and if you try to find an advantage to that, in my example, time advantage and reach as advantage um, by changing to this environment. Um, those will be those will be like the things I would want the industry to look at and the publishing community to look at. Um, uh, versus, yeah, versus the like. Oh, I'm losing. I'm losing out on my uh, onsite
0: meeting. Are you seeing changes to medical meetings that are gonna last post pandemic?
1: Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the capture and consumption of content in a medical meeting in a digital form will likely continue.
2: Yeah. I think, I think it
1: will be an advantage to do that too. Yeah.
2: And I think that if, even if you go beyond meetings, I think that COVID is accelerating changes that were happening regardless. Um, So anything that that's, you're seeing now, I think you can expect a lot of it to become permanent because there were changes that were in progress and COVID just accelerated them. Not just whether it's meetings, whether it's, you know, how we interact, how we use offices, how we communicate, um, how we transact, Um, you know, I I, even stepping out of the medical world. I mean, going into physical stores is is gonna be less, it will still happen, but it'll be less the way it is happening right now. I think there's going to be some, a lot of permanent change that comes out of this. And as it relates to meetings, I think how it, the experience was always going to be enhanced by wrapping a, a in-person event with a lot of digital exchange and interaction. Um, I think that will absolutely continue because it was, it was already moving in that direction. This is just now accelerating it.
1: I'm loving curbside yeah, pickup these days. I'm loving that. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I do want it to go away.
0: <laughs> About a month or two ago, people were like, "Oh, hopefully, we'll be back up and running by fall." It doesn't look like fall is going to be back to the you know wide open spaces that we we had hoped. Even 2021 is looking a little iffy. Where do you guys see medical media and, and just the medical you know pharma healthcare HCP marketing? Where do you see that? Fall and, and starting next year.
1: I mean, I'll say I think we're preparing to be in that mode. Um, Jim kind of alluded to it earlier on the on this on this interview, um, where the rep environment, the the medical rep environment is different, um, and is likely going to be different for some significant time. Um, and during that significant time when we're leveraging non-personal means during that time, we're going to be able to see successes or failures of that, too. Um, so assuming successes, uh, the yeah, the rep world is going to be very dra- dramatically changed, um, I think. That's again, my guess is that they're going to, it's going to be very different in that environment. Um, and in terms of the time frame, I, listen, I think we all can just guess all we want on what that is. Um, and optimism will, will the optimistic side of me would want it to be sooner rather than later, um, but the realist side of me sees what's happening right now in cases spiking. Um, I think the Fourth of July weekend that we just had um, may have an impact too, where there was just a, way more gatherings that happened, and there's inherently there's just more people out and about. Um, so I don't know what the future holds in terms of of cases continuing to rise. And if they do,
0: then it's going to only extend this time frame that we're in this, in this state. Jim, what are your thoughts on what the future holds?
2: Yeah, like, so first, from a timing perspective, I agree with Eugene, I have a hard time believing any, anything, seeing anything change before the end of the year. I think we're, most companies and clients we've spoken to are pretty much locked in for uh, operating the way they are today through the end of the year. Um, and there's obviously ranges of that, but by and large, that, that's the current timeline. I wouldn't be surprised if we push back into the new year, depending on how the, the rest of the summer goes with cases and, and, and all that. But to my earlier point, I, I really do, I, I think the future is going to look like somewhere in between what we used to consider normal and what is normal today. I don't see us going fully back to what, what was the old normal um, ever. I really don't. And and I think for for a lot of different reasons, one, I think we're realizing that there are different ways of working and different ways of communicating um, that are are, are just as effective, if not more, or certainly uh, more cost effective to get the same result. Um, And so there's going to be a lot that does not go back. And, um, and, you know, from what I, what we've seen, at least from our, our client base, which is spread across a lot of, pharma a lot of different therapeutic areas on on balance the industry seems to be holding up very well so I'm, I'm optimistic that regardless of what normal becomes um, I think the industry is going to remain healthy and vibrant um, we're very fortunate to not be in the um, you know entertainment and travel and tourism space I mean there are industries that are just absolutely decimated right now and I think we're very fortunate. I think the other thing that's been nice to see is with so many of our clients in some way, shape or form, um, contributing to a solution to this crisis, whether it's a, an actual treatment or a diagnostic or, or whatnot, um, it's nice to see the um, just the, the, our, our people get connected to that cause. Um, there's a lot of good that this industry does and for the longest time didn't get the credit. It was always kind of um, seen as the villain, Um, whether it's for cost reasons or or whatnot. um, I feel like this has actually helped the industry's reputation and and for at least for our staff to get connected to clients who are just really um, about the cause and, and being able to be part of something that's bigger than themselves um, I think in the future, I'm hoping that the industry is able to maintain that, um, that momentum and will attract more talent on the client side, on the supplier side, on, on the agency side, um, so that we'll be able to, to even accelerate how we deal with challenges like this in the future.
0: Special thanks to Eugene Lee and Jim Woodland for their insights on the new normal in medical media. We'll be right back after a message from the association of medical media
1: hi i'm Jess campbell from the association of medical media we're thrilled you're listening to our new podcast series amm conversation along with our podcast amm is pleased to host a variety of resources for our members located within the knowledge exchange on ammonline.org among these member resources are presentations and recaps from previous educational sessions and our Medical Media Matters fact sheets that cover key topics underscoring the value and importance of medical publishing. The AMM is proud to be there to support everyone through these difficult times. And while we wish we could gather in person as a community, for now, we hope you keep an eye out for our next virtual event. You can find out more, access our Knowledge Exchange, and become an AMM member by visiting ammonline.org.
0: Joining us now is industry veteran Seema Sherman, founder and president of Sherman Medical Marketing Group. SMMG is a full-service marketing and sales rep firm working with leading medical publishers and professional societies. Seema previously was VP of Sales and Marketing with American Medical Communications, and she's held similar roles with Triple Threat Media. Thanks for joining me. Now let's start the conversation. What's been the, the challenges you and your team have faced for the last three months or so?
3: Jason, for us, I have to say as a sales team, travel is the biggest challenge. And as we all know, in sales, it's all about face-to-face. And then we were on the go. Um, We were heading to conferences. I recall ACC shocking all of us in the sense that that was the first conference to go virtual. So while we were all optimistic that there was no cancellation on conferences, it was the change in accepting and in viewing uh, how information is being put out and going virtual meant that we were staying put. And I think our culture has everyone also operating with much choice and with structure, so not having a structure on knowing when things will resume or what challenges will go, uh, oh sorry, what, what conferences will go virtual, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because we have become accustomed to enjoying the choices and I think that's something that has been for us the biggest challenge.
0: Both short-term
3: and then long-term, where, where do you see that heading? For us, I think that most of the conferences, at least what we're seeing into the fall and early winter, are all going virtual. I think there's one or two that are left to announce what they're doing. But if that is the case, I'm, I'm concerned that pharma will as well follow in that direction in the sense of, will they be meeting with reps? Will they be asking to conduct the Zoom meetings that are presently being held? Because it's going to be the new norm. And when you're looking at time and efficiency and cost, these are things that are going to stay in place for the near future for multiple reasons. But I think that that is going to be a challenge that we don't know whether that is here to stay or whether it's going to allow us to to look at Pushing the comfort zone and asking for those meetings, and that is something that we'll only know with how COVID nineteen is going to go into the future. Or will we see, you know, a research that people are going to be hesitant to travel specific to, specifically to get on an airplane? You know, it's not just the destination of whether it's going to be held or not, but do I want to see a sales rep risk their health because they had to fly? That's not something I would want as an employer or as a colleague to do to someone else.
0: What new ideas or philosophies have you and your team implemented to sort of fill in that gap?
3: I think today we've become experts in being fluid to to say that this is okay and we're going to also keep to a certain time frame because when you have a face-to-face meeting, sometimes it goes over you have a lot of small talk that you open with because it's it's a beautiful pleasantries. But now you're sticking more to a very much structured type of a meeting. So if you're going to ask me, what have we done? I think it's really to think of how we can come up with new ideas to the demands that clients are asking, whether it's in digital, whether it's in print, whether it's in custom programs. Clients are coming in with new revised RFPs to what they sent. And the idea is uh, is how to meet their budget, how to meet what they're looking for in targeting audiences.
0: Yeah, I've heard from others that, you know, the creative teams have been, quote, busier than ever with having to shift and adjust and, you know, tack, you know, to the left or the right during this time. Have you have you noticed that with your clients?
3: On the digital side, yes, because they're not using one creative to meet their full target list, and therefore they're asking for various different um, creative options, but interestingly, they have been, as teams, we have been asked for extensions on deadlines for months now. This is not new to the industry. So I think we're all operating on extended deadlines and working together on how to meet the finish line with creatives coming over. Farm has been a
0: little bit insulated, unlike, you know, leisure and, and uh, the restaurant industry and travel, uh, you know, airline industry. It's been a little bit industry while You know, the pandemic has been a difficult time. Um, They haven't suffered nearly as much from the economic downturn. Um, What changes or trends are you seeing with regard to budget cuts, reallocation, shifts, pause? And if so, what trends are emerging? Um, You know, print, digital, multimedia, CME, et cetera.
3: On a global answer, I am seeing that pharma is looking to target to smaller audiences that they have identified as their key targets. And and if I could say that being granular is really the new wave. That's what they're looking to do. And it's, it's interesting because in the world where we've all been, you know, trending over from Targeting to list matches to even now a cost per um, click and a cost per open everything is so granular that we have to be able to meet pharma's demands even though they have not been impacted as you say um, on the levels that we've seen on the on the um, smaller when you compare it just give me one second on the consumer side so so yes you can we can all agree that the oncology hematology markets, the infectious disease, the pulmonology still have robust budgets, we're still going into programs that across the board are more granular than before.
0: That is a theme that I've heard across all the, you know, this entire new normal season is that everything is targeted. Everything's targeted to the audience more so than ever before. Uh, And so granular is a great way To describe that, yeah.
3: I I think if you're going to ask me, Jason, what has really made us um, with being granular, what it has made us or focused us is that we are now answering the questions directly. Where before we would want to present a media planner with everything that we can do, because we always thought that when they walked away or should they work on a new campaign, we wanted them to have. Knowledge of our brand, and therefore, we would send them with a full package. And media planners are asking for specifics. And when you're asked for specifics, it's human nature to really, although try to give it all, um, you've got to really sit down and really focus and try to come up with something that is a value proposition to that media planner to advocate for your program. And I think that really has been a growth, and educational process that I can say we've done in the last, specifically in the last four months. So when you've asked me even earlier, how do you marketing wise, how have you changed? I have to give some thought and say that we are now answering concise, clear and to the point of why we feel a specific program would work best for that uh, pharma company or for that specific campaign.
0: With the meetings canceled, Surgeries, postponed, scaled back. Um, You know, what are the pharma brands promoting? Are they detailing reps on Zoom? Um, You know, is the sampling, you know, posters at at virtual congresses turning to social media? You know, what what new tactics or what tactics are gaining momentum and or could continue past uh, post-pandemic?
3: I have to say, Jason, that we are connecting on Zoom with clients for social reasons where we were not able to do that prior. Before, I think we were all heading in the format, business-wise, of Zoom. As I mentioned that people were not all in the office when you went in, so you set a Zoom meeting. I think also planners today want to be able to work via email and conference calls more so than ever before. You've asked me how many years in the industry, and I've mentioned over 20 years, and my gosh, have you seen a change in the face-to-face to really being a comfort zone of, of responding in emails and having a group on copied to that email because everything is about collaboration and inclusion and they don't want to just have an, a you know one-off phone call but when I think of zoom and I think of where we've come with it where the changes I think are that we're not we were we were never on social And you'll see one count and others having these social meetings of networking for social reasons. You see AMM doing things that are social, virtual. And that's something that we're learning to, to, I think, enjoy, where before we kind of frowned upon it because we were not able to shift gears. And now that we're forced to do that, it's almost becoming something that is second nature.
0: I was just going to say, I have heard from a couple of, you know, guests that during that pandemic, they've had more access to their clients than ever before. And I think that's kind of what you were saying there, one, but then also that some of that access is non-business, right? Just catching up, making sure everything's going okay, um, working more as a partner than than a sales team.
3: Yeah, but but Jason, I think to some of us, we will say that The ones that have been able to increase contact with with clients are those that you know. It's very difficult and it's challenging for a media planner, uh, for rather a sales rep, I apologize, to be able to form a new relationship on a Zoom or in an email inviting for a Zoom call when they don't know that product manager. And unfortunately, when you're seeing some changeover in Teams, you're unable to do that. And conferences allowed us to meet new product managers or those new to a brand team and express you know, interest in what program to the property that you're representing. And I think that, yes, while you're hearing across the board that, oh my gosh, we are now able to talk to clients longer and speak to them, I am going to challenge those in the industry and say, are those with ones you know, or are those... Forming new ones because that's an interesting area and I want to make sure that reps that don't have that same positive interaction that they know it's not them that they know they have to know that you know having humility from my end is that 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 yes those I know I've increased interaction and those that I don't know I face the challenge trying to open up a new communication with them and that's something that's not often happening in an email
0: how are you handling company culture, cohesiveness, new hires, HR problems, all of those kinds of things?
3: Yeah. So I want to answer some of that on behalf of Cleveland Clinic. I had the pe- pleasure of speaking with uh, Peter uh, Studer, and you know he mentioned that with Cleveland Clinic, with hiring, it, it's interesting because they are so set up. That there's always someone you know that is assigned to an individual, and although this presented uh, many challenges, they are still able to assign to someone. Um, A mentor and a manager and a physician that they are you know working with directly so so it's interesting for that but for me I was traveling out to Cleveland Clinic almost every month and of course that came to a halt I was working with them where we were able to sit in a group meeting and now that's a zoom meeting and um Often you find that to a meeting, someone may come in 10 minutes before or hang out 10 minutes later and they may be from a different department and you exchange information and you learn something that you may not have known and you may not find out from a Zoom meeting because you don't get that, you know, that small talk of shooting the breeze and learning. And I think that that is something um, that is challenging. But again, we have to cope with the new norm and we're doing well with that.
0: Anything else you're looking forward to? I mean, in terms of, you know, stay at home orders have been relatively lifted, getting back to the office, seeing your colleagues, a happy hour with, with clients or or your team. What What is kind of the one thing you'd really- All of the above. Really I am forward looking to?
3: forward. I'm so looking forward to seeing my clients, to enjoying lunch again with them. And I think we're able to do that now to have lunch outside seating. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to enjoying I think less stress. I think the unknown has presented us with so much less stress and setting up at home and looking to see what might come our way. But summer has always been a traditional time for us to set up media kits, to set up new programs for next year so we can come out of the gate and be able to answer those RFPs that come our way. This year, Jason, I have found that RFPs are coming earlier and earlier which has set us to, which presented a challenge on how ready are we with either increasing rates or changing programs or evaluating programs that we implemented for 2020 and look to build on it or change or evolve them to, to for next year. So have the traditional programs work, whether they've been in print or digital, and it's asking a lot of us, and I am looking forward to discussing some of these outside the realm of just a Zoom call, to to sit down and really talk about them and to talk about the experiences I had, good or bad, um, with with some of these programs. And I think that this is something that both nice weather and timing and all of that is incumbent upon us to to do and hopefully in an open, as I say, open market to be able to be outside and do that. I also feel that we're no longer on panic mode. I think it's so important for sales, for marketing, to be able to move off of any crises or panic mode. And for a while we were hearing of people, unfortunately being furloughed or being off, and also on the unknown that I've mentioned. And now I'm really excited that there's some stability And when you have stability, you're able to park yourself for a minute or two and to think about creativity. And that's something that I'm excited to bring to my clients, whether it's from, you know, as a rep firm and to bring back to to Cleveland Clinic or whether it's something that I'm able to bring back to my sales reps. I think that's very important to be able to do. It's not a knee-jerk reaction. And I think for a while we were all on that. Anyone who will tell you otherwise is is not being honest with themselves.
0: Yeah, that first thirty, forty-five days of the pandemic where there was just this complete unknown, it's kind of settled and now moving yeah. ahead, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think we were all taking caution how we were reacting uh to sudden shifts in the economy or the marketplace, how it's impacting us. And I think now we're able to at least, you know, sit down. And work with the outcomes and in pharma it's all about outcomes right positive outcomes
0: is there something you've just scrapped all together
3: no I can't say that I created a program or something that we did with that and it's not because we're not wrong It's just because I don't think we got to a point where we evaluated something that just didn't work because of COVID You know, we can all say that print is down, but it's been down far before COVID. I think that, you know, we've all talked about the challenges of COVID with our bandwidth. And I may have eliminated an idea with my team because they may not have had the bandwidth to implement something. So what I did is create sub divisions or taken on more consultants in order to assist us to meet what we needed to in the short time frame that something is due. And I think you're seeing more freelancers looking for additional time, whether it's in the design, whether it's in publishing, whether it's in medical writing. I definitely can say the bandwidth has been a challenge for all of us.
0: Are you? I know it's the summer and it's kind of prep time in a lot of ways for the industry, heading towards a busy fall season. Are you worried about disruption again in the fall? Um, and you know, you've talked about medical meetings going virtual. Do you you know Do you see any medical meetings coming back? You know, uh, late twenty twenty, early twenty twenty one. What what what's your look? What's your outlook moving forward?
3: Uh, unfortunately. Uh, research in the fall. I think that at this point we all are working from home. We've all mastered the the ability to to be able to shift gears and we're able to scale, you know, these these meetings. Do I think that meetings are coming back? I'm not sure, but when you look at sporting events, I mean the attendance is going to be smaller. You're looking at weddings where attendance are only for family and this the Zoom is on for the rest of the guests. I think that we are definitely going to be seeing smaller attendance maybe per day for conferences and maybe they might extend them out so they can scale better if those attendance or attendees are going to be able to to come in. But I don't really know because, Jason, you got to keep in mind that most of these conferences have international travel. So are we going to close out the international travel and only allow US? And if because of the summer months we're seeing certain states and others not, are we going to, again, eliminate attendance from certain states? That's a complicated question and I'm not sure that here. I mean, we all know, let's, you know, let's kid about it. The masks are here to stay, but I don't, I don't know what that crystal ball looks like. But what I do know is I think from a marketing perspective, which I represent that segment, we are equipped more than ever to do conference coverages and to have our medical writers, um, be able to do that. Um, even better than the spring because we are now together and we have all of that structured in place.
0: Is there anything or any issue that you see that I, we haven't talked about?
3: Um, to, to my colleagues, I admire their their positivity. I think we as an industry are able to continue to stay positive and to be flexible and to evolve in a way that yes we can be real and transparent and complain about what's impacting us but we continue to come up with positive way to influence the reps the the company culture the competition I think it's says something and bodes well for who we are. And I think it's all about being in an industry that you like. I can only say that I love, you know, when I get on the AMM meetings and we discuss shifting from one event to another, it's always about being positive. It's always about how can we do it? And if that doesn't work, how we're going to implement, you know, plan B, but it's never about pointing fingers. And I think we take that no matter how you look at it, because it's who you are, that philosophy, I think that we take that inward and we try to implement that with our daily transactions and the way we speak internally to the teams and expectations. And if someone can't deliver on something that you understand that we all laugh about little kids running onto a zoom meeting, but it's not just the little kids. We all have, you know, elderly parents that we deal with or other challenges, but when you keep positive and you think about, Thoughtfully about the other person which I have to say this industry. We're also blessed with having people that practice that daily. I I have to say Jason that we take that and We pay it forward and we help others and we continue to think of others and that builds a team and I think that to me is of most important of how we conduct ourselves and grow in challenging times
0: that is all for this final episode of season two of the amm conversation official podcast of the association of medical media thanks for listening if you missed out on any of those previous episodes of season two make sure to catch up via the amm website at ammonline.org season three of the podcast is scheduled for this fall make sure to subscribe leave us a comment and rate the amm conversation via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the guests and not necessarily to the host, AMM, or any other group or individual.